Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast here with Benji as always for the Giro d'Italia Stage 4 from Venosa to Lago Lasena. This was why we have wall-to-wall coverage thanks to GCN Plus. Plug to come later, don't worry about yeah, this is one of those stages where you should tune in from kilometer zero. And I really, the stage design of this Giro in the first four stages compared to last year, night and day, diff, like the, we had a pure sprint stage, which wasn't too dull. We had a great mixed sprint stage yesterday for the versatile sprinters. We had a TT and today we had just the perfect mountain break stage. Maybe it could have been better with some GC action at the end, but yeah, 276 Ks with three long climbs, the last of which the Colle Moella, 9.7K, 6.1% with the last 4.5K, 9% with a false slide at the end. Benji, we we had not seen a break early days breakaway win in a World Tour race yet this season. I mean, even today it was a close run thing. I feel like some teams, they see it and then they're, well... They, they see how close it is and then they're like, maybe we do want the stage win or I don't know. It was, I thought it was a really good stage. I think so as well. The breakaway formation phase is something that I love seeing in these Grand Tour stages because there's so many small intriguing things. Which teams are closing which teams? Why are they closing the gaps? Are there certain riders they are trying to mark? Are there certain teams that they are trying to mark? Which riders are heavily trying to get into breakaways in these stages and might do it again in the coming stages that are very similar. So there's so many things during these stages that well, I want to see at the start of the uh, broadcast, but before we get into the breakaway formation, what's up with J-Vine and Cars? What does he have against Team Cars and Bottles taking it? Yeah, he was holding onto the car and then he nearly, I think the car accelerated and he was still holding on and he went off balance, kind of like when he was taking the bid on in the Welt of 2021. And he, it was very similar where the bike barked underneath him and he nearly, he held it up this time. So I guess progress, but yeah, that was scary, especially as, you know, Jay Vine stand to watch. <laughs> yeah, I picked him for a couple of stages, but yeah, he held it up and otherwise it wasn't too eventful for him for the rest of this day. But I picked his teammate Brandon McNulty to win this stage. I was not, when I saw him bring Almeida back yesterday, pull up stumps, put a gel in and let lose four minutes intentionally, I didn't take that or read that as Brandon McNulty having bad legs. I've seen him be too good in other yeah. stage races after that and he's on his day really really good and quickstep kind of called this to everyone by saying we don't want pink anymore and so literally every team just about that wasn't quickstep wasn't ineos they're like the only teams and yumbo and even they tried a little bit but like we got to get in the break everyone there's 150 riders that want to get in pink or because they're a bit they're still quite close and mcnulty was one of them he tried, I don't know how many times Brian McNulty tried. Ooh. And maybe Quickstep don't want me to be right on the podcast, and that's why they rode that way. I think that's pretty plausible as an explanation, um, that they're trying to make me look bad. Also, me having picked Lechnus on the other day, and then he gets in the break later. We'll get to that. But why Quickstep? So anti-Brandon McNulty getting in the breakaway, who I think is a great stage hunter, 
but I don't see he's five minutes down by the way I don't see him as a serious GC threat if he takes two minutes i.e. the break wins by seven minutes and to be clear it's very specifically Brandon McNulty eh? because I rewatched the break formation phase during the middle of the stage when it was kind of calmed down and I noticed the first five times that McNulty was going in that breakaway Quickstep was responding by having Ballerini try to close him down and then Cherny was doing the same. Meanwhile, Seri was having a mechanical. And then a group gets away with 12 people, including McNulty, doing Healy. So a group that is on paper, not very dangerous. Kung's closing GC in a minute. So he can take the pink jersey, but he can have 20 minutes for all I care. Yeah. Maybe 20 might be a lot, but 10 minutes for all I care, he can have it. Then Healy, I'm fine with him having five minutes in GC as well on the Remco and so forth. McNulty the same, like... He has had amazing days in the Tour de France last year, for example, where he was with the best, but he has shown to be so inconsistent throughout that, well, I wouldn't mind him gaining the pink jersey or gaining time, even with the idea that having McNulty in the pink jersey might create chaos in UAE, because then they have to try and mix three riders for GC, so that's a bit more difficulty. Well, exactly. Let's think about, okay, McNulty's in pink now. Is he going to drop back and lose time and maybe lose pink if Almeida or Vine have a problem? You, you just yeah. add that element of doubt. And also, he, he's on five minutes for a reason. Like, you look, if you want to win this Giro, which I presume Remco wants to do, I assume that's his goal. And same with Roglic and, and Ineos, etc. Maybe Ineos aren't trying to win this Giro. If you're trying to win. And you don't think you can put three, four minutes into Brandon McNulty on Bondone on the final TT, <laughs> then you're not going to win this Giro. And that's not a knock on McNulty. It's just like, as I said, really, really good rider. I thought if he made the break, he was going to clean it up. He probably would have, in my view, uh, yep. but he wasn't allowed to. So quick step then, I think they were in pursuit of the perfect break, which yep. they eventually got. But I think they were in pursuit of the perfect break. Uh, which is sometimes you just have to say, hmm, I didn't ideally want him in the break, yes. but he's on five minutes. Okay, Seri pace. You're going to have to keep it at seven minutes. And listen, if you keep it at seven minutes, it's going to come down at the end because breakaways, they get to 10 minutes. They, they don't keep pacing because like all the other guys are like, well, we're not going into pink. Why would we keep pacing when we have the stage win on offer? So breakaways have this self-limiting thing on themselves anyway. That they control themselves so they really just i don't know what did this remind me of it just but they blew ballerini's UAE? doors yeah a little bit a little bit but that was no but that was just poggy stage win that was yeah you can disagree okay poggy why are you going for every stage that's maybe stage nine was a bit weird with uae but uh or, or stage 10 with Majev. but here i just i think they were just way too concerned about that group and it, it then caused chaos for the next hour yes and the thing that you said that I want to spark towards is the factor that you say they they kept trying. They overextended, I would say, to the point that Ballerini was dropping, Cherny was dropping. I'm fairly certain I saw other uh, quick-step riders drop in Sorry. the meanwhile as well. Said he had his issue earlier, so yeah. came back, but maybe dropped as a consequence I swear of that. Hit was in trouble. Hit was in trouble on the, the first categorized climb, yeah, or one like of the first categorized climbs? At the back a little bit. Exactly. So they are spending more energy than they probably would have wanted if that first break was gone, then you'd probably expect Cherny to be at the front for the first half of the race or Ballerini to focus that work. And that would go much further into the race. And 
if you think that true, I think Klaus Lodewijk recently said in Belgian media, the yes that's in the car when it comes to Quickstep, he said along the lines of, oh, in the first week we can actually control because there's not going to be much energy spent. But I do feel like they spend too much energy in this first half of the stage. Well, that's what I want to pick up on because then we go into the next phase. And listen, if you want to, here is the plug. If you want to watch this break formation, if you want to watch part of this stage, I would really recommend if you love tactics, if you love, okay, why is this GC team doing that? And it's kind of, this is the sort of stuff I really love about cycling is watching like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Are Yumbo going to move with a secondary rider? GCN Plus is the best place to do so because they have wall-to-wall kilometer zero, zero coverage of the Giro d'Italia. And we have 15% off an annual pass in selected territories for you LRCP listeners. Long-form highlights, short-form highlights. And yeah, if you're a hardcore cycling fan or a degenerate, which if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you are a degenerate. Sorry, that's, that's what you are. You're a cycling degenerate. GCN Plus is the best place for you to watch along and catch up. Uh, and I'm going to go back and watch it again because, yeah, even I missed a few things. I was up in the mountains and uh, not a plug, but, yeah, I actually I, I run the AirPod system. What do you mean not a plug? You well, were going to sponsor, put well, in no, the mountain I, as a sponsor. Well, no, 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 I just, I realized that, yeah, I like listening to the, um, I like listening to the, the audio when I'm sort of hiking a little bit. And you can, I think you can do that on an iPhone. Anyway, we get into the next phase. That, uh, the break hasn't gone and we're coming up to the first categorized climb. And there's just attacks, 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 attacks over and over and over and over. Quick step riders are looking in trouble. And all of a sudden, I see Time and Aaronsman moving up a little bit for Ineos. I see Sepp Kuss moving up as well. And now I'm thinking, Remco is pretty much at the front. I can't see too much of White Jersey Van Wilder. Isn't this the perfect time now for a Butrago, uh, Sepp Kuss? a Timon Aronsman, a Sivakov to slip in a breakaway and UAE to get a, a rider like McNulty in a break. And now you, and, and this was a big group, by the way, this was a group of like 15, 20 guys that could have gone when Pino was sprinting at the top yeah. of that big categorized climb. Quickstep were very light. Like we've done a huge discussion now on, okay, Quickstep could have done this, could have done that, spent a lot of energy. Ultimately being isolated doesn't matter. It's like, um, when people in, in NBA, they say, oh, well, in the finals, in a small sample size in the finals, oh, you know, this team, this team shot way better than they, would, they normally do from the three-point line in game one. That's why they won. But they still won game one. It, like, you can't be like, oh, well, that was, you know, not the best course of action. But if they still won because of that, it doesn't matter if they change things in the future or whatever. Or what I'm saying is no one took advantage of it. Like yeah. Remco being isolated, that doesn't matter if Ineos don't move, if Bahrain don't move, if Yumbo, I think Yumbo, they were trying to move with Kus at the end of that first categorized climb into the break. And that's what they should be doing because imagine a group of 20 go with those guys, with Kus, with, with uh, Aaronsman. Then all of a sudden, Quickstep got a real, real shit fight on their hands. It's like last year during the Tour de France when we were expecting Ineos to use their secondary leaders, their, their Pitcock, who was close in GC at that point, in like a move to try and put pressure on the, the main teams, and mainly UAE at that point, if I recall, that was still in the early parts of that, of that Tour de France, but they didn't. So I feel like Ineos often skips the idea of using their multiple leaders to their advantage. And, well, spoilers, in this stage, they don't do it, and we'll get to that towards the end either. But we skipped one one very vital part last uh, podcast. At the end, we were talking about 
the legendary goat Chihuahua Almeida and what oh, he would do on this stage. He tried and to prove us right, is what he did. Yeah, he, he dropped at some point in the stage. I don't know how. <laughs> that's the, exactly, that's what we said. There's no reason for it. There's no rhyme or reason. All of a sudden, you see Joao Almeida in group 20 seconds behind in a rainy descent. And you're like, there's our boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to lose time today. Um, and then they dropped. Then McNulty had to stop attacking and Formula at the front, and they had to draw. I think Vine was at the back too. Yeah. And they had to drag him back. So he got back. But I mean, if you're an Almeida stand, which I know some of you are, it was um, probably you just expected at this point that he's going <laughs> to do that. I expected him if someone attacked, he would drop on the final climb too. But yeah, he came back. Eventually, the breakaway kind of forms on the descent of the first categorized climb with the break quick step always would have wanted. Um, and I think they, yeah, they just kind of escaped a little bit, or maybe they played a masterclass where they're like, eventually everyone's going to attack. Ineos will chase Kuz if he goes in the break. Sutrago will get closed by Bowman if he goes in the break. And they did 5,000 IQ, and they eventually get the break they want with Parry Pantra, Conchi, Albanese, Bagi, Legnison, Gabregs, Gabish, Guns, Armoral. Now, why is it a perfect break? A, none of those guys are GC threats. B, they're all pretty strong. C, they're all teams that would be really, really happy to defend pink. So yeah, that's why it was yeah, the perfect break in the end. Exactly. And the riders that were in there, the Parapanther, Conchi, Albanese, Bargil, Leknison, Gebrek, Zabir, Squins, Armirais of the world, one of them disappeared because Armirai has his usual Shaspatas. I swear he's done this more before. At least that's what my girlfriend tells me, and I believe her. But um, anyway, we notice afterwards that that breakaway is ahead. The gap goes from one minute to two minutes to three minutes to four minutes and a half for a bit. But then Quickstep starts spacing in the group behind or continues spacing in the group behind with the riders that were initially dropped. And honestly, despite their idea of pacing a lot at the start or doing stuff at the start, one of the guys that was an MVP in this race for me is Josef Czerny because he did that work initially, as in trying to work for the, uh, well, the break formation, trying to close down the breakaways that that were uh, getting away. But if we go into the further stage in the race, after the break is formed, he takes over at the front already, again. And he starts pacing again, but he's doing that. Obviously, he's kind of half dead, but he's still doing that to the tempo that it's closing down to three minutes. Like, regardless, three minutes. regardless of the tactics, we'll go to the tactics in a second, but regardless of that, then he drops again and he returns again and he starts pacing again yeah. until 12K to go. But... You've got some issues with the three minutes. Well, no, I agree. Cherny is a, a really useful rider. I mean, I don't know what he's on. He just won a Romand. He just won a Romandy TT, a World Tour TT. And I don't know if he's still on seventy grand. Maybe he's on a little bit more. He did win the Giro stage, uh, the protest stage back in the day, and whenever it was a few years ago when he was on CCC. But he's worth his weight in gold. He, yeah, just so versatile. And these long climbs. I knew he'd come back. But this is where I also got really confused. And again, it doesn't matter. Like for this stage, what I'm talking about, it doesn't matter because no one took advantage of it. Um, and so if no one takes advantage of it for the rest of the Jira because they're going to play passive, then who cares? But Quickstep paced the gap down to 330. And Lechnerson's on 140, right? So he's the closest GC guy in the breakaway. He's on 140. And then he takes pink. So... You, we are all clear, right? We're not worried about Andreas Legnason having a four-minute lead on GC. Are we? I mean, are you? Are we, I think we're in agreement. Everyone listening's not in the head. So why are Quickstep bring it down to three minutes? Why are they driving it, bring it down that climb? Why are they pacing the early part of the last valley after the second categorized climb? And I was thinking, oh, 
clear answer is what you said about Pikachu. Remco wants to win the stage. Yeah. Because he's got diamonds. That's why you would, because they're going to lose minimum 90 seconds on the final climb, more likely two minutes plus if you go full beans. And so I was thinking, oh, quick step going for the stage. And then all of a sudden, they stop. Quick step stop. Remco is at the cars for ages. He's taking his kid off, pee break. It goes to 5.55. And then quick step go back to the front with first Seri. And he puts it in a line again, putting it down to five minutes. And I'm like, why does it matter if Lechnerson's at five minutes versus six minutes? Like, I don't know. And I, Betty also came up and he was talking to Remco. And Remco waved him, but the cameras didn't show the interaction. But I wonder what that discussion was too. We're just like, why is this in a line right now? And then Hit does a big lead out too before Catania, before the climb, which is a curious order. And then suddenly it's down to three minutes. And all, all the while in the breakaway, by the way, there was a phase now with the breakaway with, with this tight gap. That meant that Trek, theoretically, for that time was at three minutes, couldn't use numbers. The breakaways just had to roll turns full gas for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I do want to mention, like, when you think about the potential reasoning behind what Quickstep is doing, is there like an idea of, for example, they want to make sure they don't necessarily go hard the entire time, so they take a break to make sure the riders that are suffering can come back from their team to then go again? That's like the only thing I can see in there, but... I do agree that even if this breakaway goes to the bottom of the last climb with, let's say, seven, eight minutes, who cares if Lechnesund has the pink jersey or, or who, who else was in that group? Like, if Para anyone, Pantra. but a Pantra is in that group, Buggy. Bargill, if they get a pink jersey in three minutes, four minutes, five minute advantage in the time trial, everybody except Lechnesund <laughs> will lose at least half of it. And on Grand Montana, they're in the Shadow Realm, so... Bruh, based on Lechnerson's cadence today, he ain't getting up Monte Lusari. <laughs> there ain't a chance. <laughs> based on his cadence today on 9%. So, yeah, he's going to OTL or DNF on Monte Lusari. So, yeah, I wouldn't have worried about it. I agree. It, maybe the theory is, okay, Burn Seri and Cherny on the flat. They're in the wheels. They're not, you know, they're not going full gas like Remco. And then we'll go easy on the climbs, let it out on the climbs again. That kind of makes sense to me. Anyway, let's transition to the breakaway. The breakaway, because of what Quickstep did, letting it back out again. And, and there was a moment where I was like, are Bora going to take it up for Vlasov? Are Ineos going to take it up for Gegenhart? And I do wonder if, if Gegenhart, you know, if Thomas wasn't here, would they have gone for some bonus seconds? Like, in, a, in this sort of finish, Benji, I would take Gegenhart third. I'd have Remco Roglic, let's split them 50-50 chance with no Ciccone. You know who's went one for one with Chikoni at Valenciana in these finishes? Gagan Hart. Yeah. And I feel like if, if Thomas wasn't here, Ineos would have been like, if yeah. you're going for the podium, this is a nice finish for Gagan Hart. Anyway, that aside, break is going to win. But Trek, Benji, let's talk about Trek. They're the only team with two guys in the break. Sorry, I forgot Bruno Armorel, Shaspatat, but sorry, lost to, lost to history. They got Schoens and Gabregsabir in the break. Schoens was struggling on the last categorized, uh, the second last categorized climb. And I was thinking, they got to play Schoens in the valley or on a roller yeah. or something once Quickstep led it to 550 because you surely have to be worried about Parry Pantra and Legnison. Legnison's very, very talented after a hard day. Parry Pantra had very, very good watts per kilo on Loge de Garde in Parry Nice. Gabregs Gabir did a lot of work. I thought the play was to use Schoens in the valley and have Gabregs Gabir sit in the wheels. Mm, 
I think so. At least on the, at least at the very least on the shallower climb. So this climb exactly. in two parts, by the way, it's five uh, k's at let's say four percent, five percent draft heavy, four k super steep. I agree with you. They should have played their numerical advantage on the group earlier on than they were doing in the race itself because we didn't see that action. We didn't see a, a screens going early on the valley. We didn't see a Gabriel we even going early, even though he looked stronger. You never know if. Screens yeah, was playing yeah. an Oscar-worthy performance. But we're heading towards that final climb. We're heading towards that first portion. And we don't really see that move. We don't see the move by any of them. And they just keep rolling yeah. in the group. And Leknesun, despite needing the Magla Rosa, was not doing most of the work either ah. at this point. And we get to the steepest portion. Because that initial bump uh, before, the, uh, before the proper climb didn't really do anything. No. And we see Nicola Conchi making a move. And that's when Trek actually started doing something with their numerical advantage. As in, they use screens to bridge over to Conchi, and that's put the other that puts the others in that in that second group in that group that still has Gebrags up here in the group into a position where they need to chase. But I agree with you that they should have used that numerical advantage earlier than that because at that point you're on the terrain that fits the others better. And also, the draft is less relevant on on these gradients. Yes, um, it still matters, of course, but yeah, it's a much bigger sacrifice pulling someone in the wheel at three percent, four percent. And Schoons, I would also say, is is stronger on the three, four, five, six percent, not the nine, ten, eleven percent. Schoons is very good after a hard day. He's won, I think, Trey Valle back in the day, and he's been good in those sort of one day Italian classics. So he is good on these sort of climbs, and he is quite fast in a sprint. He was the last man leading out Pedersen yesterday, actually. But yeah, I would have used him a little bit earlier, I think. And here's where the stage is. Here's where Pink is won. Schoons bridges across to Conchi, drops him. And by the way, Conchi and Lechnesund, they were both in the Arctic race final stage break. Oh, or no, Conchi was chasing Lechnesund, which is kind of curious. <laughs> Albanese gets lent on fully chasing. Lechnesund doesn't take a pull at all. Crazy, ice, huh? ice in his veins. But isn't that a mistake by Albanese? Because he knows that Lechnesund needs yeah. the Malia Rosa. Yeah. And, and surely they would have pulled. Like, say Albanese just stops. Stay in the wheel. Why not? Like... He stops when Schoens goes. Says, okay, maybe Lechnesund attacks him, but... And he's got the sprint. So yeah, people want to drop him. Maybe he was trying to just... Maybe he was literally he was not even looking at Schoens and he was looking at his power meter and he's like, I'm going to... No, like, I'm going to hold this yeah. power and hope that these guys don't attack yeah. me. Maybe because... But then he, he brought back Schoens. So I don't know. Because he brought back Schoens, Lechnesund immediately counters him and Albanese is popped dropped off the back, and Schoens gets on his wheel. So poor old Albanese, he, he did have the quickest sprint in the group, but he got worked a little bit. And then Gabriel Gabir is sitting on and relaying with Parry Pantra and Lechnesson with Schoens behind. He eventually stops doing that after a couple of relays, so maybe Schoens can come back. And then Lechnesson threw a he or a steeper section. I swear this guy was doing 50 RPMs in the biggest gear, in the, in the drops, kind of Carthy style, actually. Just drops Gabregs Gabir off the wheel. I mean, he must have been doing big was. It just didn't look like a big attack because he wasn't. <laughs> he was going. He was doing a talk interval, <laughs> and he even gaps Perry Pantra off the wheel a little yeah. bit later, and he puts him behind. And it looks like he's going to ride away for the stage win at that point. It levels off a little bit, and Perry Pantra comes back. So I don't know if I'd love to see the power files of this, whether Perry Pantra rode smoother and Lechnerson rode a little bit up and down. It was. I kind of thought, I, I felt like this whole climb up to this point, Lechnerson was going for stage win, not pink. 
and he only went to pink later on, like really late. I swear, because I swear he was going for stage win at this point. Because why would you surge like that? If you're Lechnison, though, and you're in this position, you're in this position, you're in this stage, potentially winning a Giro d'Italia stage, potentially getting a pink jersey, I do value a stage win over a day in pink or two days Me in too. pink or three days in pink because it's probably whoever ends up in pink at the end of this stage will three have days. it until Can't stage play. seven on paper. And then it's probably going to switch when it comes to the person that holds it, considering the gap was toning down towards three, four minutes compared to the peloton yeah. at this point. So you're right. But I don't necessarily blame him for choosing the, the stage win over No, pink. no, I would have done the same thing at this point. If he knows he's strong enough to potentially get the stage win, and if he doesn't get the stage win, still can back up the Malia Rosa. So yeah. it's risky, but could work out. Because he doesn't know exactly, okay, like maybe Remco's launched behind and suddenly the gap is melting. You, he, they don't know that at the time, mainly because RCS, when the brakes up the road, they do not do, um, <laughs> they, do <laughs> they do not show the GC group. That's not allowed. Anyway, the Legnison has Perry Pantra come back, and this is where they're relaying. And Perry Pantra, I'm not, I'm, I'm pronouncing it in the most Australian way possible. Perry Pantra, um, he relays with Legnison on the 3K yeah. flat section, and he's like 40 seconds behind him on GC. And I'm like, Legnison's got to take the Malia. There's pressure from the GC group behind. Now, maybe they're worried about Albanese coming from the Shadow Realm, and they look stupid, maybe, because they don't know the exact gaps. But I was like, Legnison's got to pace you. And they're even toing in front. I'm going to the last K. Eventually, in the last kilometer, you see Lechnison get on the radio, and then he just goes to the front and starts pacing full gas, giving up the stage. And, and so the call even seemed to be made that late because Lechnison was trying to flick Harry Pantra through. So it is curious to me that that late, You'd switch to ping. Now, maybe he realized with 700 meters to go, Parapantra is pretty snappy. He's won uh, Marseillaise, which I think is a January. My, on my birthday, opens the season up a couple of years ago. But he's, pretty, he's pretty snappy. He beat Capio, I think, in that sprint. Maybe he realized, okay, I ain't being this guy. So let's just get the Malia done and sort that out. And that's what he did. Legnison led him out. He starts to, oh, Parapantra comes out of his wheel with about 60 RPM quicker and puts about 17 bike lengths into Legnison who also keeps the pink jersey. So it's just great to see a breakaway win, Benji. Exactly. And not only a breakaway win, but we also see Lechnesund because of that getting into the Malia Rosa and next to that, Pare Panther getting on the podium. So Roglic is losing two positions in GC. Is he washed? Well, I mean, yeah, I think Jumbo are going to have to have a really hard look at themselves. They're <laughs> letting, letting Lechnesund and Pare Panther go on the breakaway and not spending... <laughs> they should have spent Sam Oman and Bauman and Hessman to... You know, they to keep those guys out of the breakaway. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if Roglic can drop, drop them on Bondone. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> back in the GC group, Quickstep looked weak. And again... Oh, looked it, inexistent because... Let me just go over it for a second. I've yeah, got yeah, run it through. So, Cherny drops with 12 kilometers left. It's a shock that he was still there. Yeah. Seri was already gone. Uh, Ballerini was already gone. Cataneo and Hirt dropped both with six kilometers to go. Hirt did work. I don't think Cataneo did that much Cataneo, during this very stage. Early, yeah. Then Von Welder drops with 5.4 kilometers to go, which is earlier from, than from the wheels. Because Vivaka was pace, keeping Remco in position, eating some wind. Exactly. And like you say, Vivaka's still there, but he also drops 400 meters later at 5k to go. So we've got two kilometers of climbing where Remco is completely isolated. If those riders had a bad day, this is the best day to have a bad day in this Grand Tour. 
but I would have expected a bit more from some of those riders. But then again, they partially shot their own knees at the start of the stage by overextending with their team. Did Van Vulga self drop because he also facing? I think, I, zero, zero, I think zero percent chance. I think, I'm just throwing it out there. I think Ineos wasn't necessarily training at the front, like as in training, like yeah. an actual train, <laughs> not training at the front. It looked like a training it's tempo. Their, it's in their DNA, dude. Ineos, I'm like, and this is where the Gegenhart Thomas thing is. I'm like, if you if you're going for podium with Gegenhart, Gegenhart's got to be in good shape after that TT. He's got to have some big numbies. And you saw what he did in Alps on these yeah. sort of finishes. You saw what he did in Valenciana. I would back myself if I was Gagan Hart against Almeida to take a few seconds here. I really would. And Ineos, Remco's completely alone. They just went back to the... And I thought, at this point, I thought, okay, they're pacing to keep Remco in pink. It's 5,000 IQ. But then at the end, they really weren't. It was kind of just a, a bigger group. They didn't, they didn't spend Sivakov to pace full gas. So that was not what they were doing. No. I think they just paced to keep Rem, uh, G and Tao safe and not losing any time i think so as well that's the only the only thought i can think of is that they did it to kind of demoralize remco and primos from making a move here yeah and therefore maybe thomas doesn't lose time because he's not at the level necessarily that they expect him to be at, at the moment but like you said earlier in this podcast that prevents gagan hart from gaining time on other top three riders yep. so if gagan hart is the one they end up going for at the end of this grand tour then this might have been a moment where they lost a few potential seconds on riders that are also fighting for the podium. Like, does Caruso drop? Does Carthy drop? Does Almeida drop? I don't know. Like, maybe none of them do. Maybe one does, maybe two do. But if you've got good legs, then you want to take advantage of it. It's like Hindley last year, you know? Did Ineos really test Hindley every day they could have in the Giro last year? I would say no. Um, and so... Should Yumbo have also tested Remco with Remco isolated? I mean, should Koos have done a hard lead out for Roglic to send it and see what Remco had? I don't know. Probably Remco, 99% chance marks him sits in the wheel. And, and maybe if it was an uphill finish, it's different because, yeah, okay, Remco and Roglic, they are significantly better than Sivakov, for example. Yeah. But you're going to have to pace the last three Ks of flat and downhill full gas against Sivakov. Plus and Aaronsman, and you're going to gain five seconds. It's like when Lopez attacked in the Vuelta 21. Remember, he attacked really early on that shallow climb, and Kuz, yeah. Kuz literally just rode and held him at 10 seconds, and the other GC guy sprinted, and he gained no time. I don't want to talk about it too much because it, it, it hits me hard in the, in the heart. That stage where Nibali attacked in that one of his last Giros, where Moscon crashed following his attack, and then he gained about three seconds oh, crossing yeah. the line. There was a flat part after it. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that the one where Bennett and someone were fighting? Vendrame, maybe. Well, no, was it Brambilla Venturini. with Bennett or? Brambilla, Venturini or Vendrame. It's one of those three. Vendrame won the stage, I think. Yeah. Brambilla was fighting with George Bennett, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Randy. No, Brambilla punched another guy and got disqualified years ago. That's maybe a different we... one. That's a different <laughs> one. is a very, very big fighter, very apparently. Feisty guy, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean... We're probably overanalyzing it. I thought, you know, at the end of the day, the GC group just wrote it in, Bowman sprinted and Lysol sprinted. So it is what it is. Learnings from, oh, I should read out the top 10 for completeness. It was actually a good stage. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, but Harry Pancher wins the stage. That's a really good result for Asia Tuar, who I wouldn't say have had the best season so far. O'Connor's been a little bit crook, I think, before Catalonia and 
the classics were terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that was that. And so this is a big stage win for them as well. With you know, FDJ Cofidis Arcade. No, Arcade made the break with Wawa, but FDJ and Cofidis didn't even make this breakaway. Parapanchal wins ahead of Lechnerland. Fifty-seven seconds to Skuins, who actually came back and dropped the brakes. Could be it. That's interesting. Yeah. That's uh, so why he should have gone on the shallower section. Albanese, Conchi, Gabregs, Gabir, and then Bowman, Caruso, Dunbar, Vlasov. So, uh, Richardello and Pozzo, also 11 and 12. Um, Why is Vlasov sprinting against Dunbar, Caruso, and Bowman? Why is Dunbar sprinting? Why is, Car Why is anybody sprinting? Just roll over the line. You've got, you've got 17 more days to go in this Grand Tour. Spare your energy, guys. You'll need it. Yeah, I mean... They're bored. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're bored. Um... McNulty lost another 5 minutes 30, probably on purpose, and maybe quick step. <laughs> if Brum's thinking, is 10 minutes enough quick step? Are you, is that enough for you to let me in the, in the damn breakaway tomorrow? Uh, I can't see anyone too serious that lost. Ballerini? Uh, on the GC. Ballerini finished solo behind the, the group Beto, so he must not feel too great after Did all he? the work he had to do today. Only 6 seconds, but it's 6 seconds. Wow. Yeah. I mean... Uh, there was a point in this race, and usually it does calm down, but Pedersen was, I think, dropped by the sprinters group. So he might not be fully on, because he dropped also yesterday when I didn't expect him. But there was a point today where I was like, there might be a lot of people OTL, because if they keep going like this, um, there's going to be trouble, but they chilled in the valley, and then, yeah. Anyway, learnings from this stage, Benji, before we go on to stage five. What would you like to see from the other GC teams? On the assumption that we think Remco is the best time trialist here, it's got the best peak watts per kilo. What are the learnings from this stage? I don't know. I would have liked some more fights in GC in general, whether it's people for the podium fighting each other or people for GC fighting each other, that in general. I don't ex There's not much else to talk about at the moment, except for perhaps the fact that Lechnison's out of contract. Oh, true. We haven't really dotted on that yet, but I feel like that's a pretty important thing. And He's the kind of rider that we've said last year that was on the brink of breakout and is still on the brink of breakout. This pink jersey wearing is... Is that a breakout? I think a stage one's a breakout, so he failed today. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's going to come, eh? He's going to win a stage in the Giro on paper. I mean, I picked him and then... Luckily, if I picked him and he did today and he did this and, and lost the stage, I would have been spewing. But he... I mean, he's a good rider, yeah. He's a good rider, but it's kind of like... Is he a GC rider? Is he a time trialist? Is he a classic rider? Because he, DSM don't send him to any one-day races ever. Like, he literally does all stage races until September every year. So for the last two years, I think. So he should be good at the Ardennes, but he never gets sent to them based on his power profile and how well he went at the Arctic Race Circuit to steal GC on the final stage. So that's kind of a question mark to me. His five-minute repeatability looks pretty good. Is his peak climbing really there to be a top GC guy? No. So, so what is he? You know, what is he? Um, he's a good rider. You have to to do what he did today. You have to be a good rider. But does he fit in at like is Lawrence de Plus more valuable than than Lechnerson for his role? I would probably take this version of de Plus to be honest, based on what he did at Tour of the Alps. But Legnesund is probably overall a better rider. So for someone like Unox, yeah, but you can put him in the in the Tour de France breakaway. He is valuable, exactly. And you also don't know the necessarily 
you don't know necessarily the potential of Lechner's yeah, yet. True. So that's also counted. With the plus, you're like, okay, that's his max. Like, yeah, yeah. if he gets back to 2019 Tour de France level, that's probably his well, max. I don't his, expect that more. That is his current level. Okay, well. If you could if you could podium the Tour de France in 2019, you're good enough to be probably a third-line domestique <laughs> in that during 2023, the way the Watts have gone after COVID. But yeah. Quick thing. I want to thank uh, some of you might know that we're live streaming our podcast on YouTube. I want to thank Eric Guzman for donating in the chat so he can finally feed me for the first time this week. Yeah, I've been starving. Been nah, I've been starving. <laughs> we've been actually <laughs> That's having a joke. A, we've been actually having a good time despite some <laughs> trying personal issues on both ends. So it's been good to be here together. Um, and yeah, we're here till next. We're here till next Monday live stream. So we hope you enjoyed that if you haven't watching on YouTube. But anyway, tomorrow's stage from Atripalda to Salerno. 171 caves. We might be doubling up on breakaway stages, Benji. Based on Pedersen, Pedersen looks a little bit fucked to me um, in terms of fitness-wise. He dropped early. Ackerman looked really good. Medium Mountain, really hard. Like I, I haven't, I don't know the exact Denevel meters, but this is like 4k, seven and a half percent, 2.2k, seven percent, 3k, six percent, 3k, four and a half percent. Just Medium Mountain all day, including a climb of 3k, eight percent. Uh, with about 60, no, 55 k's to go before the intermediate sprint in Batapaglia. Flat finish, though. Flat finish on the coast. No wind allowed. It's in Italy. We're on the western seaboard of Italy now. Is this... Is Court in the break here? Yes. Yeah? I think Court should be in the break. And Matthews and Pedersen, those two teams need to take a look at themselves and think... Are we going to try and control the first half of the stage or are we going to try and put our two leaders in the breakaway with a tug buddy? Stages. It's a Michael Matthews stage. It's a Michael Matthews stage. Can people hear this when we're whispering? They can hear you whispering. They can hear you whispering. Michael Matthews is going to win this stage. Jaco looked very, very, very strong. Filippo Zana was front and center on this climb positioning Eddie Dunbar today. He was incredibly strong yesterday. No. I think this. I you, you don't think Jaco can control? I think they can, but uh, I believe it's going to be someone fun. else. You, see, this is the difference between the stage yesterday. There's over, there's an hour and a half of recovery from the last, maybe longer, maybe even two hour, hour and 45 recovery from the top of the last climb to the finish. The finish is pancake flat on the sea. Yesterday, the hard climb was in the last hour, and then there was full gas on the descent. Pedersen had to come back on the descent and then it was a little uphill drag at the finish. Was that the reason that Bling was able to, to get over the line ahead of Pedersen? Maybe. Tomorrow stays a little bit different. So I kind of agree. I'm still, this is a Michael Matthews stage. That is what it's called. But Michael Matthews stages also end in a certain way sometimes, Benji, which is Jaco looking very strong, doing a lot of work and not necessarily winning that stage. Bling will 100% top three this stage. Uh, but I think, first of all, Pedersen's not going to be allowed in the break. And so if you trek, you still have to chase, right? So I, I, th I still think this is a group sprint. If I'm Alperson, 100% for Groves, because his climbing's unbelievable. I think there's three motivated teams to chase. I think it's still the group will win. Just. I, I can confirm nobody heard you whispering. No one heard me <laughs> whispering. The noise gate. I said this is the Michael Matthews stage. Anyway. No, 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 no. It's a Jonathan Milan stage. No, I like that pick. I am a Milan booster. 3Ks, 8%. If I'm, difficult, if eh? I'm Jayco, I'm going to absolutely launch that with Zana. Where? Like that, that one clan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Oliveto Citroën. It's more than five minutes. Eh? That's Citra. the issue, eh? Oh, 3Ks, 8%. We do but, yeah, yeah, it is. Come on, man. It's like 
seven, eight minutes. It's like 60 kilometers afterwards for Milan to come back. Yeah, but will Bahrain drop anyone back to chase for him? Arashiro, Pasqualon, and the others. Suterlin? Suterlin's pretty strong, yeah. Yeah, Milan winning. Milan, okay, I don't mind it. I do like Jonathan Milan. Mairo? Nah, he wasn't really on the point last. Groves could also do it if Oldani doesn't ride in his way this time. Yeah. Edison, I didn't like the look of today. I'm going to go with Caden Groves winning. I think he... I think he was kind of blocked. He was blocked by Aldani. I think he wins from Bling's wheel tomorrow. I, I, Milan, I'm not so sure. First of all, yeah. even if he makes the finish, like he's not exactly been a positioning guy his whole career. Like he's also had positioning yeah, but issues. Smaller group, my friend. Smaller group. He can bully guys as well. You know, there are only about five serious sprinters here, and he'll put Albanese into the bin, you know, or Anna Marit. If they come up, he'll get those elbows out. So, yeah. Um, okay. I went with Groves. You went with Milan. So we don't think the break, we don't think it'll be a big break despite the hard fin the hard start. Probably, but hey, we're here to be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It could be an interesting stage. There's another one to watch from Kilometer Zero on GCM Plus for the early break formation. But I am very, very happy with this Giro so far. I must say, compared to last year, like these stages have been really, really hey, entertaining. You're right. The the break will probably win this. It's a hard start, isn't it? Like 4K, seven and a half percent is really hard. <laughs> like and the thing is with Magnus Court Nielsen, he can be so shit in stages that are like sprint oriented or hilly sprints. I'm and changing. then suddenly he shows up and he's like, Magnus Court Nielsen, I'm going to win this stage. I'm changing. Magnus Court wins? Colin Bowman. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. From the break. From Magnus Court Nielsen beats him in the sprint. I've also Cord, changed. Cord will drop. Cord looks bad. Cord will regenerate and come back and beat him. I'm changing my pick again. Pascal Ackerman from the breakaway. Oh, he's actually been looking Dude, great he's climbing today. so well. He's in G1 with a group of 40 after the but, first categorized climb. But, but, Ackerman, but, but. Ackerman from the break, because he ain't winning the group sprint. But, 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 then again, he wasn't there on the hilly sprint yesterday. Yeah, fuck. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Changing uh, your pick again? Nah, Ackerman from the break, the most ridiculous mate, possible. Mate, 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 We always forget, if we don't know it, it all comes back to Joao Almeida. Oh, mate. <laughs> Almeida for sure dropping on one of these descents. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Anyway, I, I think his descending got, was fine, and then I think the crash yesterday has given him the wobbles again, if I had to guess. Anyway, break formation will be interesting tomorrow. Maybe it's two, two Corridette guys. And, yeah, but I, it really shouldn't be. Other guys like Bauman and the people I said really should be trying it, to get in the break. It all depends on whether the teams like the Matthews team or the Peterson team or the Milan team or the DSM team, if they all work together to keep the break in check yeah to not then let, it's not going to be a break. to not let a big break go, but if yeah. those teams are like oh courts will go in the break so we've got matthews let's put him in the break with a teammate that kind of stuff then you're gonna see the situation where the break will win but you are you gonna go full to get two guys in this break ulysses and McNulty and kovi yeah they will go full to get guys it was in the, the group break. today kovi so who yeah, knows but Medium mountain is better. He can't long climb. I don't know how he wanted for die. That was a mystery to me. Well, he attacked early. It was good tactics. Anyway, that's all from us today. We're very, very pumped up. It's been a great couple of days of racing, and we're looking forward to tomorrow's stage. Thanks, as always, for listening to our recap, and we'll see you with Stage 6 Recap tomorrow with Legnason in that Malia Rosa. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 